we're trying to figure out what does stewardship mean like in my own life, in my home, family, workplace. It gets real practical when you think about the things that God's made me uniquely to, to do. I can cultivate that for, for fruitfulness and to reflect God's glory. Hello again and welcome. This is the podcast for New Life Evangelical Free Church, the ministry campaign of deepening roots and growing branches, a.k.a. Roots and Branches. My name is Paul Arnerberg, the podcast host and part of the campaign leadership team. I'm here with Pastor Brent Kumpelin. This is the third podcast in our series that we plan for several months. We're going to have this two or three times a month, but they'll all be posted on our website and, Lord willing, even on iTunes eventually. Our first podcast was an introduction, followed by the most recent one was Biblical Foundations based on Genesis 1. If you missed that, go back and listen, but a one-sentence review of that is, in Genesis 1, Pastor Brent walked us through, creation was created out of nothing. It is ordered. It is dependent on God, it is good, and it's abundant and beautiful. So today we're going to talk about image-bearing, and this is something that is a wonderful truth from God's Word. We are created in God's image, and what does that mean as we walk as disciples of Christ, shining our light to the world, and growing in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus? Yes. Pastor Brent. Well, if you were with us with the last episode, we sort of walked through that Genesis 1 passage, and one of the things we pointed out is that the culmination of God's creation is that he created human beings, male and female, in his image, and then God rested on the seventh day. And there's just something so beautiful about um, the even the poetic nature of that passage as it as it culminates in in God creating humanity, and uh, so what we're going to talk about is God creating uh, in His likeness in His image, and it comes out of Genesis chapter tw- chapter one verses twenty six and following, and then we're going to focus on some of chapter two as well. But Genesis one twenty six says, "Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness." So that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them, male and female. He created them. And God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves along the ground. It's a, a an incredible passage mm-hmm. because what we see as as creation is reaching its kind of climax or, or, or the creation story is reaching its conclusion here, that God creates human beings with a specific task in mind. Mm-hmm. And he creates human beings in a relational framework because here we are, male and female, we're designed to be complementary and work together. And, and the way that God created us is to be ones who steward and care for and rule over in a, in a way that reflects his goodness and glory over the rest of creation. And it's, it's, a, it's an incredible calling that we have that yes. we see in this passage. I also like that he created us as physical bodies. We often think of uh, some of the ancient heresies is that everything spiritual is good and everything physical is bad. Well, the original creation, everything was good, even the physical. And I yes. like how you put out relationships were at the center as well of his creation design and his intention for our lives. Yes, absolutely. So a couple couple elements of what it means to be made in God's image. We are made in God's image uh, because we have spirit. We are a 
we are embodied souls. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so God is spirit, and we are not merely material beings, but we do have an inner being. We have a spirit that is really um, the deeper essence of, of who we are, and we reflect the fact in our being, in who we are. The other is that we have a relational dynamic as human beings. There's something so unique about the relational capacity of humanity that is so different from other creatures. Mm-hmm. And so that is that is part of what it means to bear God's image. And it's because God is a trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And there's an inherent relational dynamic in the trinity that is reflected in us. The third one is that we have a uh, we have a role or a function that reflects God's image in that God is creator, capital C, and we are ones who take this ordered and good world and we get to be ones who steward and manage and take it and make it into things like um, the, the, the beautiful uh, things that we can create and make, lowercase c, yes, <laughs> create. Right. We don't make things out of nothing. But, for example, uh, God made grains, and he made an incredible plethora of different kinds of plants, and uh, he gave us the faculty to make bread and make yes. food or something of that sort. That's just a real simple illustration mm-hmm. of that. Um, so what it means to bear God's image is our being reflects him, our relationships reflect him, and our function, our role reflects him. Yep. All creativity is a reflection of the ultimate creator. We can't create anything out of nothing, but as we create, whether it's with words or with metal or with gardening or with anything else that we can possibly conceive. Spreadsheets. Yeah. Well, you know, accountants <laughs> count too, I guess. Yeah, I'm not a numbers guy as much. But uh, it all reflects God who imbued us with his image in order to create and reflect his glory. And that's why it goes back time yeah. and time again to everything we can do and do do should be to yes. his glory. Yeah. And we can relish that, whether it's an artist doing oil painting or whether it's someone making construction beams on girders and skyscrapers. Yeah, absolutely. And the, the calling that we have to uh, be fruitful, to increase, to rule, um, is not for our own glory. Mm-hmm. It's not for our own gain. It is a reflection of God and his glory and his goodness. And so we do it for him. That's the idea of stewarding, yes. is that we're um, walking in a way that always is um, remembering God is the creator, uh, wa- uh, doing things that reflect his, his goodness, um, and then... Um, bringing that goodness to bear in every area of our life. And so there's a whole, you know, many, many illustrations where that could go. Yes. Um, so that's, that's really where Genesis 1, the end of chapter 1, really focuses on is, is being made in God's image. Um, the, the next chapter focuses in on two words that I want us to, to learn today. And it's in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15. And this is what that text says. It says, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. So if you're an underliner, that work it and take care of it are the two Hmm. words that we want to focus on. And they're very specifically chosen to describe what our image bearing is, what our stewardship is as we walk in God's ways. Yes. That word to work the garden could also be translated as cultivate or to serve or to make something fruitful. Mm -hmm. And so there is something about that positive uh, activity that we do um, as God's image bearers to take this beautiful world that God made and to increase its fruitfulness, to take things that 
need to get matched t- together and, and like make something beautiful out of uh, w- in an activity with our hands, with a with a creative project or with our vocation. And so uh, cultivating is one element. That's what it means to work the ground. The other is to keep, which means to protect or mm-hmm. guard or preserve. Mm. And so there's there's a there's a way of us uh, reflecting God's goodness by caring for other creatures, caring for God's creation, caring for others. And so it's not focused on us. It's really a stewardship role mm-hmm. of cultivating and preserving so that God gets the glory. Interesting, because that word keep, uh, the verse that just came to my mind is the ironic blessing from Numbers 6, 24 through 26. Yep. The Lord bless you and keep you. And so any keeping we do, cultivating, preserving, is a reflection, again, of his keeping us. And so that's how he gets the glory because we could never keep ourselves, let alone others. And so for us to keep anything is reflecting his fatherly love for us, which surpasses all understanding. So it's a wonderful thing that right away in Genesis 2, we're seeing these words which echo through eternity. Absolutely. And so one of those threads that we're going to tie uh, together throughout the scriptures as we kind of go through more biblical foundation I find absolutely fascinating is these same two words to work and keep are the same words that are used in the book of numbers Hmm. later on in the old Testament to talk about the Levitical priests in Israel. The ones who are tasked with tending the, the tabernacle and then therefore a future in the temple where God's presence dwells and all of his goodness and glory is to be brought into communion with his creation. The priests do the same sort of, uh, working and keeping mm-hmm. and 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 so it prefigures in the future this reality of God's whole the whole cosmos being again full of God's presence and sin being uh, gone and and having a new heavens and new earth where we serve God uh, with all of ourselves uh, in this in almost like priestly function of representing God to the creation and the creation back to God as yes. this intermediary and emissary. Yeah, well, and you're talking about the Levitical priests. For some reason, it came to mind when Jesus fed the 5,000, which is the one parable in all four Gospels, he asked the disciples, have the people sit down, and then you distribute the food. And so by some miracle of grace, the Lord asks us to participate in his miracles. Of course, it's only through his grace and his will and power, but from the Levitical priests serving in the temple in the book of Numbers all the way through in those four parables, the same parable, see, not parable, the miracle of the 5,000, that is another reflection of how we steward and we are with God in creation, but it's all for his glory because he's authored it and perfected it, and he asks us to come alongside him like a yoke of oxen in in, uh, Matthew when he says, take my yoke upon you. We're, We're acting with the Lord, but it's all him. We get to participate with his work. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. So this applies to all kinds of different areas of life, because what it means to bear the image of God applies to your family life Mm -hmm. and how your relationships are in the various people within your home. It also relates to your vocation Mm -hmm. or the, the activities of of work that you do, uh, household work, but also vocation in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Um, it relates to all kinds of different uh, contexts where we can um, be ones who steward what God has given us, realize that he's the creator and he owns it all, yes. and then we get to live and act in a way that's completely different from the world. 
Um, it's just beautiful. Yes. So this this um, now this foundation of what it means that God created, and as we did in the last episode, it's it's an ordered, designed creation with purpose. It's good. It's got value and worth. It's 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 beautiful and abundant and reflects God's God's glory. And then we steward. This has been ruptured and cursed mm. with sin. Yes. And so this is where we're going to kind of turn a corner maybe in the next episode uh, is, is in Genesis 2, you see this beautiful picture of how God has created us uh, to inhabit his created world and then to reflect his glory through our work. Mm-hmm. But sin enters as human beings sort of step into the place of God. And rather than being stewards... They say, you know what, I can do stuff on my terms, mm-hmm. and I'm going to do it in the way that I want. And did God really say that you should do it that way? Yes. And so you go from being an, uh, sort of an ambassador of God to saying, no, 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 I can be king or I can be queen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can do whatever I want. Yep. And and it really all turns on that chapter in chapter 3 of Genesis to take that goodness and then the fruitfulness of bearing God's image, and it's all ruptured and turned upside down. Yes. Yeah, and that's the tragedy of our lives, that we, even as believers, we need to continually seek the Lord and depend on Him daily, hourly. In fact, I think that was recently at, at church, we sang, I need thee every hour. Either, either that, I've been praying it every year for myself, but I'll say <laughs> that even as believers, as born-again, regenerate Christ followers, we're still utterly dependent on Him, and in fact, theologically, we will be for all creation, or excuse me, all eternity, but the bad news is now, we're also in the state of sin with evil in the world, but as we look to Genesis 1 and 2 at the original design, as we act in faith to be God's ambassadors and to be creative and to be obedient relationally and in vocation and even in our hobbies, we are reflecting his image again and foretasting the new earth and when sin and death and crying and mourning are put away forever according to Revelation 21.4. Absolutely. And that... That's that's really where we're going to go next as we go into future episodes is is once we lay some of this foundation, what is creation? That's where the Bible starts. We need to start there and let that set the precedent. Yes. Who is God? Who are we? What does it mean to bear God's image? Because that's really why we're made. But then that getting like turned on its head when sin enters and everything getting fractured and, mm-hmm. and now we live with the curse. Mm-hmm. When we get to the point of talking in the scriptures about redemption. Yes. We need to know what are we being redeemed from? Correct. Yes. <laughs> you know, and I think sometimes we don't even get we did we don't even think to a- ask that question. That's why we start with Genesis one and two, yes. and go into Genesis three because uh, what we see right away in the scriptures is God present with His people, mm-hmm. and God gifting the task of stewardship to us, and what we see throughout um, the story of redemption and then into the new heavens and new earth is God's presence being restored to his broken people who are full of sin and evil and can't be near a holy God. Mm-hmm. That the presence is restored as we're washed clean from sin and, and then born again and, and filled with the Spirit. And then in the new heavens and new earth, we get to live in the presence of God and the Lord Jesus face to face and and have Father, Son, and Spirit present. Uh, we are present with them. And then we live in a, a world that is then rid of the curse and is once again a beautiful, renewed, and even glorious uh, dis- uh, uh, a place where um, God's 
full glory and goodness and power is on display in a renewed creation. It's just a beautiful story. It's excellent. I, I am uh, reminded of the awesome image, the, the literal image in the Gospels when Jesus died on the cross. I believe it's in the Gospel of Matthew. The curtain in the temple was torn in two. The temple curtain was 60 feet tall. It separated all the people, even the priests, from the presence of the Lord. Once a year, the high priest would go in there. When Jesus died, he tore that in two miraculously through his death. And now we have access to the throne of God. We're still in the curse here on the earth, but we can continually practice what it's like to be a follower of Christ relationally, morally, biblically, and by doing, which is the whole point of this podcast, discipleship, developing by doing, uh, and, and learning by doing. And that's what we're looking forward to continuing to flesh out with you as listeners and as our fellow believers in New Life Evangelical Free Church. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Well, we have another guest, uh, Paul Cravens, and we already had an opportunity to sit down with uh, your wife, Meg, which is really fun. Uh, But I just wanted to talk about stewardship. When we think about what we do in all the various areas of life and view it as stewardship, you're a musician and you compose music. That's kind of your gift and your passion. Um, What is it like to compose um, what kind of frame of mind, who do you compose for? That's probably a good way to say it. Yeah, that's an excellent question. Um, so I, I think all, all art, all beauty, all inspiration is the gift of God when we're viewing it correctly, when we're um, thinking about it properly. And I, I look back to one of the most iconic composers of history, Johann Sebastian Bach, um, who was a Christian um, and he, I mean, he did, you know, most of his career was as a music director of, of a church. And he, he had a quote where he said, the aim and final end of all music should be none other than the glory of God and the refreshment of the soul. Wow. Amen. Um, which I just resonate with that so much. And he, and a couple other musicians of his generation, um, put the inscription SDG on all of their um, handwritten manuscripts. Um, I'm not sure offhand if that made it into the published versions, but they did put it on their manuscripts, which stands for Soli Deo Gloria, mm-hmm. which is a Latin phrase that means glory to God alone, um, which I yeah. that is absolutely what propels me to, to create. Um, you know, a phrase that we like to use um, in, in music ministry is audience of one. Um, mm-hmm. We were we're ministering to God um, when we make this music, which is his gift that he's given to us that we get to give back as we've, um, as we've discussed in, you know, some, some other episodes of the podcast, um, you know, the idea of he's the big C creator. He, he makes the raw materials and then empowers us to put them together in different ways, um, which is just a little one tiny facet of his creativity that he's imparted to us. Yeah, it's amazing. And I know in previous conversations with you, we've talked about even just how amazing it is that our bodies, how we receive sound waves, and even just like the technical side of it, because you can get really artsy when you talk about music, but you can also almost be like, treat, not treat music, but approach music at like in an engineering mind. Mm-hmm. It is so complex and so beautiful. It's like music 
um, music can touch any kind of personality mm-hmm. yeah. because it's got all of this wonderful, almost technical <laughs> side, but then it has this, this, uh, uh, feel that draws you in, in your emotions and it helps you emote. It helps you mm. express worship mm-hmm. and glory and devotion. Um, but it sort of engages all of your body. It's just, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's, that's something that's really compelling to me because I'm, I'm pretty severely introverted in many aspects of my life, but with music, it's almost flipped on its head. Um, <laughs> that allows me to really um, express really, really deep emotions. That you know, it's it's a way to express, and it's also a way to um, kind of trigger uh, greater emotional stimulus in in yourself as yep. you as you make the music. Yes. Um, so that has been a really, really incredible thing for me on this vocational journey. Yeah, absolutely, and it is also relational. Mm-hmm. What's so beautiful about music is you do it with other people. Yes. And so that's another thing that I know you enjoy because I can watch it. Like I can see it <laughs> on your face when you're doing music, either on a Sunday morning or in other contexts, that the relational dynamic of people coming together who have different skills, but then you get to participate in creating something that's mm-hmm. a synthesis or a symphony of multiple sounds from different instruments, including vocal, mm-hmm. um, that is really a picture of the community a family of faith expressing the various gifts that they have to offer. And it all becomes this beautifully composed piece of music. It's, it's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's super fun. I don't know. <laughs> it's a, yeah, I, I like what you said. You know, we, we come together to do it mm-hmm. and anything else in your background can be completely set aside and you just come together with this common purpose and yeah. make something beautiful together. Yep. It's wonderful. I've had, a, I've had the privilege, um, to, at least listen to and watch a video of a college band, if I remember correctly, who uh, uh, was able to perform one of your uh, compositions. And it's incredible. It was so fun to watch. And my favorite part about it is that you're such a good composer that the the band uh, members who were playing various brass instruments and everything, they were literally like moving and bobbing and weaving and like getting their bodies were starting to get into the music, which you don't see in an orchestra or in a band very often, at least I don't. But it, it was so fun to watch that what you wrote um, affected people in a way that was really beautiful and expressed God's goodness um, it was it was just fun mm. fun for me to see that. So I hope others get a chance to, to see that at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks. That that really means a lot to me because I think that's um, that's what keeps me coming back is just like how, how it can be so so unifying and so powerful and so deeply moving. I got into this because I felt like I could I could do stuff that would be inspiring to me. Um, and I, I had no idea at, the, at you know when I first got started, is anybody else gonna like this at all? <laughs> um, and and it started taking on, um, which feels like yep. This this is where God wants me to be, and I've I've had times in my life where I've kind of run yep. away from that, and it just everything else keeps just falling flat, and it's just like this yep. this is what I must do, even if it's gonna be a challenging road, an unconventional road. Um, but I mean, in the, in the stuff that I get to do, what keeps me going sometimes is, is the idea that I, I get to inspire, um, the, the students that are going to be playing this and hopefully bring, bring some of Christ's truth into 
academia, which has in many cases left it behind or tried yep. to anyway. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And so just to tie this back into our, our conversation about stewardship, um, one of the things, you know, these elements of stewardship we see in Genesis to, to cultivate or, or work and cultivate and then to uh, preserve or keep, um, you have taken the musical ability that you have and cultivated it by practicing and by learning new instruments <laughs> and by being challenged to uh, try something new and it's sharpened and it's created a more fruitful uh, skill in composing music. But then you've also are careful to, if you will, uh, guard or protect or preserve the, uh, the beauty and goodness of music um, and uh, um, to be able to see God's glory come through that for people who might not even necessarily realize it. It's like, you're not going to allow music to sort of let God be put to the side. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, God's going to still be at the center. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to let that get taken away. Yeah. And so <laughs> it's like both sides of that. That's what stewardship really is. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that word is a kind of a churchy word. <laughs> and um, we're trying to figure out what does stewardship mean? Like in my own life, in my home family workplace, uh, it gets real practical when you think about the things that God's made me uniquely to to do, to care about, to love, to impart mm. to others and inspire them mm-hmm. with, um, I can cultivate that for, for fruitfulness and to reflect God's glory. So that's cool. Thanks for sharing that, Paul. Yeah. Well, that will wrap up our third podcast of Deepening Roots and Growing Branches with New Life Evangelical Free Church. I'm Paul Arnberg with Pastor Brent Compline. Thank you for listening. We are looking forward to continuing to walk through this vision with you as we, the whole idea of learning by doing, we're also learning by doing. This is a new podcast and we have a lot of new plans for the church. We hope that you walk with us and pray about how you can be involved to reflect God's glory in his original creation, his future new creation, and right now in the middle as we deemed Christ followers learning to follow the Lamb together as a church. Thank you very much. Have a great day.